Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home. During the coronavirus epidemic, this is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take anchor. Sadness and terrible memories. Part two. A story that still plagues the entire world to this day. Welcome to Seeking Answers, and this is the unsolved murder mystery of John Benet Ramsey. John Ramsey was a businessman and the president of a computer system company by the name of Access Graphics. His first marriage sadly ended in divorce in 1978, and although he had two children from this relationship, a son and a daughter, they lived elsewhere. Though the daughter, Elizabeth, sadly passed away in 1992 from a horrific car accident. John ended up remarrying to a woman named Patsy, and they had a son together in 1987, naming him Burke, followed by a daughter, John Bonet, in 1990, in their Atlanta, Georgia home. However, just a year after their second child was born, the family moved to Boulder, Colorado, where the headquarters of Access Graphics was located. At quite a young age, Patsy often entered her daughter, John Bonet, into numerous beauty pageants in the area, where she won many competitions and became quite a big name locally. But on Christmas Day in 1996, the family went to bed like any other night, not suspecting anything, completely unaware of the horror that was about to take place. Just two days before Christmas, the Ramsey family hosted a Christmas party in their home with around 30 guests attending. At around 6.47pm, someone in the household placed a 911 call to the police. But once the dispatcher picked up, the mysterious person hung up the phone without saying a word. The police immediately returned the call, but only got the answering machine. At 6.54, an officer actually arrived at the house to ensure that everything was okay. And once they were dismissed and assured that there was no emergency, they left the property without incident at 7.09. The reason for this mysterious call has never been identified. 
On Christmas Eve, John Ramsey picked up a new silver bike from his neighbor's garage and at 9pm placed it under their tree for his daughter John Bonet to find in the morning, as well as retrieving other extra gifts from the basement. On Christmas Day, around 5 or 6 p.m., it's uncertain exactly when, the Ramseys attended a Christmas party at their friends, Priscilla White and her husband Fleet. The couple claimed that the Ramseys appeared perfectly happy and nothing out of the ordinary happened at this event. You believe when you came home from Fleet White's house and put the children to bed, that this intruder was already in your house? Absolutely. Once home, the time is uncertain, but John and Patsy put their children to bed. But one thing is for sure, 10 p.m. was the final time anyone would see John Bonet Ramsey alive. John was the last to see her alive in bed around this time. Not long after, sometime between 10 and 10.30, Patsy herself went to bed around the same time as her husband, John. They both claimed they weren't disturbed or awakened at all during the entire night. Despite these claims, however, Scott Gibbons, a neighbor, claimed that at midnight, he saw that the Ramses had some of their upper kitchen lights on. He also claimed that he believes he saw people inside, under dimmed lights, sneaking around as if to prevent waking up others in the house, so he merely shrugged it off. Though Patsy later claimed they were always really bad with leaving lights on, though Scott claims he never noticed them doing this before. Melody Stanton, another neighbor, actually claims to have heard a scream at some point between midnight and 2 a.m. The Ramsey family woke up early on Boxing Day as they were starting their family vacation and needed a fly to Sherlevoix, Michigan, claiming to have awoken at 5.30. Though a neighbor, Stuart Long, claims he saw John up and crossing his hallway 15 minutes earlier. While John took a shower, Patsy got herself ready, but much to her horror, she discovered an incredibly lengthy, two-and-a-half-page, extremely detailed, handwritten ransom note on the bottom of the kitchen staircase. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attaché to the bank. When you get home, you'll put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, 
She dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. SBTC. The initials SBTC to this day remain a mystery. The meaning of these letters have never been discovered. The only people in the house at the time, to our knowledge, was Patsy, her husband John, and their son Burke. Unfortunately, Patsy did not read the entire letter. She simply read the first few lines and screamed in a panic before checking John Bonet's room to see that it was empty. John rushed to her rescue before they both checked on their son. John then read the entirety of the note and, disregarding the threat, he still told Patsy to call the police at 5.52 a.m. before alerting friends and family. Fucking bitch. Did that concern you? It says two men are watching That's your daughter. You even talked to a stray dog. No. She's dead. I would have called the army if I could have. But they pulled That's up the in a father. police cruiser. Well, they didn't know what was going on exactly, and so I don't fault them for that. Within three minutes, police had already arrived at the home before searching the entire house, waking up Burke, but finding absolutely no sign of forced entry. Officer Rick French checked out the basement but found himself at a door secured by a wooden latch. He hesitated before That's the dumbest shit away. ever. Fucking dumbass police. this door, he would have found something truly but French claimed that he was simply looking for an exit route of the kidnapper. But since the latch was closed from his side, it ruled it out completely, which is why he left. What's bizarre about this note is not only the sheer length of it in detail, but the precise amount of $118,000 requested for her return. This was almost the exact value of John's annual 
work bonus that year. In addition to certain things written in the note, it's fairly obvious that the author knew John personally. This led to some investigators considering employees of John's who may have known of his bonus total, or others believe it was just a coincidence, or a possible religious reference to Psalm 118, which states, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Furthermore, the notepad used suggested that the perpetrator had previously written a practice letter, and part of one was actually found. But the letter was also filled with several spelling mistakes and grammatical errors with an overuse of punctuation. But it was also concluded that not only was this note incredibly long for a ransom note, but it was actually written inside the house at the scene of the crime with the Ramsey's own pen but it came up with no fingerprints outside of Patsy's and the authorities who had handled it. This Imagine led investigators that. to initially point the blame to Patsy Ramsey herself. Michael Baden, a forensic pathologist, claimed that in his 60 years experience, he had never seen a ransom note quite like this before, and he believed it wasn't written by an outside stranger. However, the handwriting was analysed and compared to both parents. John was completely ruled out, but Patsy came back as inconclusive. However, many believe it looks like a nearly identical match. Experts have even said that the first page shows that the writing was clearly slow, awkward, and sloppy, while in the last two, it becomes more fluid and natural leading them to believe it was someone trying to disguise their real handwriting. However, they believe it's extremely difficult to hide your natural habits of handwriting. You can only usually change your style for around a paragraph or so. And other experts do admit there is a lot of similarity between Patsy's handwriting and the ransom. This document, uh, for the record, contains... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight letters that um, are side by side vertically on the page. Now I'm going to ask you, Mrs. Ramsey, if you can identify any of these letters as being your handwriting. No, sir. Well, they're both lowercase b's. Mm -hmm. Is there anything about the b's that, that to, to you look similar beside the fact that they're lowercase? I don't think they look alike. Okay. I don't think they look a thing alike. Right. I don't think they look alike. Right. Fair enough. And they're like two like, different letters. Does that look like her handwriting? <laughs> Honestly, looking at that, That's she would first. always bug me about having good handwriting, and she would like, make me rewrite stuff to try to get me to have good handwriting, and I think it's too sloppy. <laughs> No further investigation on Patsy was done as there was simply no supportive evidence. John began to make arrangements to actually pay the money until a forensics team arrived at the house, but as they believed she had been kidnapped, John Bonet's bedroom was the only room cordoned off to prevent contamination of evidence. However, absolutely no precautions were taken to prevent the same being done to the rest of the house. The police later claimed that they made no effort to protect evidence elsewhere as they had absolutely no reason to believe that John Bonet was still inside the family home. 
Many family members and friends arrived to support the Ramses, but due to the sheer amount of people now in the house, many picked up things or cleaned surfaces, destroying possible evidence. Boulder Detective Linda Arndt arrived at 8am the next morning, prepared for the kidnapper's phone call with further instructions. But the phone call never came, and nobody attempted to claim the money. How did he strike you? Cordial. Cordial? Upset? Cordial. Distraught? Cordial. Did it strike you at all that he was, that that was behavior that was unusual for somebody whose child was just kidnapped? It's been my experience that people respond yes, to trauma in different ways. So if someone it? has a response that is different from mine, I don't put judgment to it. I'll just, I'll just note it. I don't remember being cordial. She was there to help me. I was well. I was grateful for her being there. So she interpreted that as being cordial. So be it. She had never been in a situation like that as a police officer. I learned later. Linda Arndt admitted that the behavior from the Ramsey seemed odd from the very beginning. For one, Burke never even got out of bed, even when his mother burst into his room in a panic and crying. He even remained there when police officers started searching his bedroom with a flashlight. It seems really odd to me that you're nine years old and your mother comes in the room in seemingly the middle of the night because it's dark and says, where's my baby, where's my baby? And then runs out of the room and you just lay there as opposed to getting up and saying what's going on and then a police officer comes in your room which i yeah. assume is the first time in your entire life that a police officer is coming wow. in your room with a flashlight looking around and you still just stay in bed to be fair i didn't know it was a police officer it's just kind of but somebody comes in your room with a flashlight and you never get up and say what is going on here i guess i kind of like to avoid conflict or I'm, I don't know I guess I just felt safer there critics would say you weren't curious because you already knew he didn't have to get a bill check because you knew exactly what had happened I was scared I think I mean I didn't know if there was some bad guy downstairs my dad was chasing off with a gone or you know I had no idea furthermore during her time in the house she noticed that John and Patsy separated and remained in different rooms the entire time and John just seemed a lot calmer than expected considering his daughter was missing he even stopped to casually check his mail at one point isn't it possible maybe he was opening the mail looking for a clue from the kidnapper I don't know I was looking for another communication from the kidnapper we should have done that but they observed me doing it so John was so cold and callous that he was going through the mail looking at his bills. Well, that's, that's nonsense. But even more eerily, the kidnapper gave 10 a.m. as a deadline. But once that time passed and no phone call arrived, nobody in the house panicked or even mentioned the time allocated. 10 o'clock comes and goes and there's no acknowledgement within the house from anyone that the deadline imposed by the author of the ransom note is come and gone. Nobody said it's 10 o'clock and the kidnappers haven't called? Nobody said that. Was that something else you took note of? Absolutely. 
It wasn't until 1 p.m. when Detective Arndt asked John Ramsey, the aforementioned Fleet White, to search the house again to try to find more evidence. But she also made it perfectly clear that if they do find any, they shouldn't touch anything in order to maintain the clues. Weirdly, John immediately went straight to the basement without hesitation. Why start there? It's the most logical entry point. And that's when he came across the same door that Rick French had previously ignored. John opened it to sadly discover the deceased body of his six-year-old daughter, John Bonet. He suddenly discovered shit. He knew it was there. Her mouth was covered with duct tape. A nylon cord was around her wrists and neck, and her torso was covered by a blanket. The basement window was broken, but this wasn't actually odd. John had previously forgotten his keys and had been locked out of the house. He had to break the basement window and climb through to regain access to his home. What he did find odd, however, was that the window was left open and a suitcase was underneath, as if somebody had used it for height as an escape. Despite Aunt's precise instructions, John still picked up his daughter and took her upstairs, now contaminating the crime scene and possibly destroying even more evidence. When I found her, it was a rush of relief. This shit right here. And of course, within moments, I realized Fucking that she probably weirdo. was dead. I kissed her and I talked to her. And, I see and then next time he said, I screamed. Up the last three steps. And then he said, then I realized she From the basement. wasn't asleep. What, what the fuck? And, and, uh, my mind and, and plus about three other and scenarios he said. And get the fuck out of here. Stuck out instantly made sense. I ordered him to put Chambonet down. Knelt next to her and I leaned down to her face. And John leaned down opposite me. And um, his face was just inches from mine. And we had a nonverbal exchange that I will never forget. And he asked if she was dead. And I said, yes, she's dead. You had to ask what she did, but you just carried a body with rigor mortis up the stairs. With tape on her mouth and her hands tied up. I like to slap the shit out of John Ramsey. Because I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. I'd say that everything made sense in that instance. I knew what happened. Do you think your fear was well-founded? You bet I do. There's no doubt in my mind. To this day? Never wavered. You were afraid because you thought the killer was still in the house. I knew it. She was counting the bullets that she had on her body and she had 18 bullets because she feared she might have to shoot her way out of there. So what do you think, John Ramsey? An incompetent, beyond incompetent. Within the first couple of really? weeks following the death, all three members okay. of the family went through extensive incompetent. interviews, including But you picked up your baby, Bert, put a blanket over her, took her from the crime scene, and covered her up, kissed her, questioned just days after the killing, let your wife his rub her body all over her, 
and his let ten people stand over her and pray and talk child psychologist. The observations and shed to the press DNA from their bodies that you felt over her. But this woman is incompetent. Okay. That she displayed an enormous lack of emotion and almost an indifference. And yet difficulty opening up about the family. Similar to children who feel that there are things they shouldn't say. To a father, a mother, yourself, that JonBenet was not in the picture at all. And you said that you were, quote, getting on with life. Do you remember saying that? I don't remember saying that. The autopsy concluded that John Bonet was murdered through strangulation and received a skull fracture that was eight and a half inches long. A heavy flashlight was found in the home as well as a baseball bat outside the house which belonged to Burke, which even had some fibers from the basement carpet still on it. Did you hit your sister over the head with a baseball bat or a flashlight? Absolutely not. There was no evidence of rape, though possible sexual assault couldn't be ruled out. Some who saw the body actually believed that it showed previous signs of sexual abuse, believing that whoever did this had been sexually molesting John Bonet for a while. But there has been no definitive evidence of this, and John Bonet's own doctor said they didn't notice any such thing before her death. Did you ever have yeah, her hymen was. Almost completely eroded at six years old. Or molested in any way? No. Did you ever sexually abuse JonBenet? No. No semen was found, but there was evidence to suggest that she had some kind of vaginal injury, with further evidence to suggest that the area had been wiped with a cloth afterwards. I kind of always so Jan like uh, Patsy Ramsey been jamming the. Uh, Paintbrush up her vagina. He brought her down to the farthest, deepest part of that basement and did very brutal things to her. John Bonet was the ultimate sex abuse victim. She was killed for it. The John Ramsey kissing on her. Broken handle of a paintbrush to and Burke Ramsey hitting her upside the fucking the head. End of the brush were found in Patsy's art supplies, but the bottom third of it was never discovered. Her body also had two strange marks, which caused speculation. Many and so I poking her with shit. Left from a stun gun, which they believed also, she, used to take John Bonet she always had a lot of, Furthermore, not always, but a lot of her outfits had tokers suggesting that she that had covered eaten her just neck. Hours before I wonder her why. There was a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon on it the night before her body was discovered, but neither John nor Patsy remember putting this out or feeding her the fruit. Regardless of this, Patsy's fingerprints were on the bowl, and there was a tall glass next to it which had Burke's fingerprints on it. Despite the family claiming that he slept through the entire night and was only awoken by the police searching his room for his sister, and his favorite snack was pineapple. I didn't put the ball there, okay? I did not put the ball there. Reminds me of Kevin Hart. Say pineapple. Say pineapple. Uh, when you think you're sexually endangered. Did you and she eat pineapple together at any time during the day? Maybe. Like, I don't remember specifically eating pineapple, but... 
that it all could have. Like, would you remember eating pineapple 20 years ago? Like, you know. However, some call this story into question as they believe they can actually hear Berg's voice in the background of Patsy's 911 call, which the family wholeheartedly denies. Furthermore, the phone call has a really mysterious ending to it, many believing that Patsy only thought she hung up the phone when she actually didn't, and you can hear parts of a conversation in the background. Many have made their own interpretations over the years to what is actually being said. Sweetie, what did you do? Sweetie, what did you do? What did you do? Absolutely. 
It would be nice if he had put a blanket. Yeah, it would be great. It would be nice if there were other people that...